a Beatriz Estrada Fierro. She was 96 plus when she passed on to the other side. She was born on August 29th, 19th, New Mexico. And her day of passing, March 28th, this year in Granbury, Texas. She was preceded in death by her daughter, Silvia Gallegos, and she survived in life by her daughter, Alice, and her husband, Armando Camacho. Seven grandchildren, 16 great-grandchildren, and four great-great-grandchildren. What a day March 28th was. On March 28th, Beatrice left behind her remains, but not her fruits. Her voice became silent, but not her words. On March 28th, she laid her hands to rest, but not her works. She rested her feet, but not her walk. On March 28th, her dear heart stopped beating, but her legacy lives on. On March 28th, Beatrice departed from her earth suit, but not from her victories, to receive a glorified body. On March 28th, we said goodbye, but not for long. For one day soon, the Bible says, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. She's going to beat us. But we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon this service. Those who are mourning the most would be comforted by those of us who are here to show our respect and love to them in honor of Beatrice Fierro. Lord, bless this service for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine.
Now we're going to have time for some words of honor you in eulogizing Beatrice. So those of you that are going to share, if you could just come on up and be a strength to each other. Put your hand on one another's shoulders so you can do it so you're not here by yourself. Can you come on up? Hi, my name is Kara, and I'm gonna be reading, and I'm gonna be reading a scripture from the Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Good morning. Um, my name is Leslie Medina, and for those of you that don't, don't know me, I am Beatrice Fierro's oldest granddaughter, um, grandchild. Um, Sylvia Gagos, my mother, was Beatrice Fierro's oldest daughter. Something that I think that is really neat that you all already know is that Grandma just had a really long legacy of people that loved her very much. And uh, again, I'm going to repeat what the pastor said. She had two children. She had seven grandchildren, 16 great-grandchildren, and four great-great-grandchildren. And I and there is one representative of each of us here today, which is really amazing. Thank you, Lord, for that. I really think that's a blessing. And I want to thank all of you for, for being here and for honoring her. It, it means a lot to me. And I, I don't know you, but I, I know that uh, for all of us here, it, it means a lot to us. I just would like to share a couple of memories of my grandmother. Um, she was just an amazing woman. Taught us a lot of things um, to be where we are today. She um, was such a wise person, but also she was just such a loving, caring, and she interacted with us grandchildren so much. She was open to just about anything we would suggest to her. She would play basketball with us. <laughs> She would go fishing with us. I learned to fish with, from her and my dad. She just loved that so much. She also loved taking walks. And um, she, I think the thing I'm going to remember most about her is her sweet, contented spirit. She taught me a lot through her ways in, the, in that she, whatever situation she was in, she made the best of it. And she thanked God for every day that she had. She was just so easy to be around, and I loved being around her. I have a scripture I'd like to share with you um, that means a lot to me, but also I saw this in my grandmother very much. In Galatians 5.22 and 23, it says, But the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think we could all see those characteristics in my grandmother. And every time I was around her, I said, I want to be just like that. She was so kind and good to everyone. As a grandmother myself to four granddaughters, I will always strive to be that kind of grandmother to you. She sets a high bar but I'm willing to give it a try. And I, just in closing, I just want to say to my grandmother, 
If you can hear me now, it is hard to let you go. I will miss you immensely. And you will always have a place in my heart. And I just want to let you know how wonderful you have made my life all these 96 years that you have been here on this earth. And my brother Joseph could not be here today, and I was really hoping he could, but he had some quite a bit of things going on. But he did want me to tell um, you that he wants to thank Jesus for the beautiful, wonderful grandmother he had. He's sending his love to all the family, and he is thinking of us today. Thank you. Well, I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm going to start out by reading um, from another granddaughter that could not be here, Tina. And um, so I'm going to go ahead and read what she sent, and then I'll uh, give my words of honor. So this is from your beloved granddaughter, Tina Marie. As we celebrate today our amazing grandmother, we are grateful to know we will someday be with her again in heaven. Grandma B was very special to so many people, especially to her family. She will always be remembered for her unconditional love, the generous time she gave us, and most of all, her joy. I have so many wonderful stories about Grandma B. I will share one of them with you today. In the summer of 2013, Don and I, Don is her husband, headed to Granbury to visit her. And one evening, around 7 p.m., Stephanie and I went to the nursing home to spend some time with her. And when we, it was always kind of hard to know when to go because we weren't always sure when she was going to have had her medication or not or what was the best time. That kind of changed over time. So when we walked into her room, she was excited to have us there, but she yelled out, Oh no, they just gave me my sleeping pill. (laughs) And we all laughed. As you know, uh, you usually fall asleep pretty quickly after taking that pill, but not grandma. She really made a comeback and, and overcame that sleeping pill that day. (laughs) She insisted we stay, and we went on to tell some hilarious stories about Uncle Armando and Alice and, of course, about other family members. Just so you all know, we have we have the stories, you two. Um, we had such a fun time with her that evening. We laughed for what seemed like hours. Through it all, her mind was sharp, her wit quick, and somehow she managed to stay awake. It will continue to be one of many special memories I will always cherish. The Lord graciously blessed Grandma B with a long and beautiful life. She taught us so much through her 96 years with us. It was apparent that the joy of the Lord was her strength. Because of this joy, she has been a wonderful example to all of us on how to live well. She was always loving, always generous, always joyful, and I will miss everything about her, and she will forever be in my heart. I will always feel extremely blessed to have had her as my grandmother, and I believe she was beautiful and a beautiful and generous gift to me from the Lord. And I love you, fabulous Grandma B. That's what her kids called her, the fabulous Grandma B. You are truly unforgettable in every way. I will end with a verse from Numbers six twenty four through 26. This verse is special to Don and I as we prayed these words over our son Josh and daughter Jenna every day as they were growing up. Don, Josh, Jenna, and I want to thank all of you who were so gracious and good to our grandmother for the family members and caretakers who gave her the special care she needed in her latter days. We will forever be grateful for all of you. 
So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So that was from Tina, our our cousin. She was second in line under Leslie. Um, And then came me. So all the girls were first. And um, so I grew up seeing my grandma be almost every day. Um, I have some really, really great memories of her um, because I grew up around her. And it was just different then. Um, Life was so much more simple. You know, we were from a small town. We lived three blocks away from her. I was the first grandchild in town. So that was really good for me because I got really spoiled by all of them. I think I was the, I think I was the first girl on both sides in town, so I, I had it good. But, um, you know, it was, how it was like then is you didn't call and make plans to go over, you just went over. That's just how it used to be. We grew up that way. One set of grandparents was three blocks away. That was my grandma B and my grandpa Paul, and then the other was just two more blocks up. They used to live next door to each other, so everyone knew everybody, and that's the kind of town we grew up in related to half the town, and, um, so, um, uh, better stay on task here. Life was slower, more simple, you know, our big outing of the day was to go to the dry goods store where Grandma B was the manager, so my brothers, Randy and Jamie, and I would usually take over the store playing tag, hide and seek under the clothes racks, and getting spankings in the dressing room by my mom. Can't do that now, but we sure got spanked then in the dressing room. Um, mainly they did, but. <laughs> but I saw a kid get in trouble yesterday at Costco for that. I thought, oh, it's still in the kids to do that, you know. Um, the, then we would go uh, to the grocery side of the store and charge all the candy and ice cream to my grandma's store store credit account. You know, you could just go and say, put it on grandma's account. Those were the, the days, right? Grandma had a big pink house that we all loved, and I have so many amazing memories of being there with her. Uh, my cousins would come every year, so we grew up close to our cousins having a lot of fun, which was always so exciting. That was another highlight of the year. We would play tag outside, even in the dark, uh, blind man's bluff, you know. Um, we'd play in Grandma's storage room. we put on plays. we put on the Wizard of Oz one year. And we really were quiet. We really pulled that play together. It was really a lot of fun. So um, these are some of my really vivid memories of being with my grandma. Uh, she took me on my first plane ride. Uh, we went to Denver to buy toys for the dry goods store. Um, that was my first really fancy restaurant and hotel with an elevator. So that was, I'll never forget that. Uh, one time... Uh, all the, a lot of family would come for Christmas, and I was probably about six or seven. I really was a diehard believer in Santa Claus, and I just knew I heard him land on the roof. Grandma and I were in, in what we called the twin bedroom, and I sat straight up and said, Grandma, Grandma, Santa Claus just landed. And we could hear sleigh bell. You know, I could hear the sleigh bells ringing. I don't know. It was just so real to me. And I was going to get out of bed. I was going out there. And she just, you know, convinced me in her gentle way that if I went out there, Santa wasn't going to be able to leave my toys. So I was convinced. I stayed in bed. And um, then I had a lot of road trips with her. Uh, 
going to see my cousins in Taos uh, or going to Deming or Silver City, the smaller towns around. And we were always playing her eight-track tapes. She I, she liked country music. That was something that was kind of fun. We'd, we'd sing um, Lynn Anderson, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. I don't know if any of you remember that song, but that song reminds me of Grandma. Um, on her 50th birthday... Uh, I can't remember how old I was, but I was probably about eight or something like that. Um, I was determined to make her a cake with 50 candles on it. So it had those 50 little blue candles that didn't last very long. It was a big blue waxy mess, but I got them all lit. And I just remember thinking, wow, that is old. That is a lot of candles. So, yeah, then then my 50th birthday has come and gone already, so... Um, I remember driving her brand new Cutlass Supreme when I was 11. And my parents, we drive up, my parents not being sure who they should spank, me or grandma. Um, now, this is a really funny story that came to me. I got the idea in fifth grade that I wanted to go out to eat. We had a great restaurant on town. My dad was great friends with him. Probably got some of his great cooking tips from Mr. Lopez at the Hidalgo restaurant. And I wanted to go... And I was hungry for his chicken fried steak. And um, so I took my two best friends. Well, I called my Grandma B. And I said, Grandma, I really want to go out take my friends out to lunch. Will you bring me some money? She was there with the money, let me tell you. So did I think there was anything wrong with going to do that? No. So we took off walking, left the school campus, walked over to the Hidalgo, had our lunch, came back. As I was coming back in, I, we uh, our student council sponsor council sponsor, I was on the student council, I was the secretary, she uh, said, oh, well, where have you been, Stephanie? And I said, oh, I just took Josie and Lisa out to the Hidalgo restaurant. We just, she said, you walked to the Hidalgo? Yeah, yeah, Grandma B brought us money. Well, needless to say, I was shortly impeached from the student council. <laughs> I got in trouble. I didn't even know that I wasn't even supposed to be leaving campus um, which was a very rude awakening for a grandma's girl. You know, I was just like, what? I thought this was okay. You know, just grew up, you know, living in, in a small town like that. You just, you know, and I had all my grandparents. I just felt so loved. You know, I just really felt loved. I felt um, that I could do anything, and so I would usually try that. <laughs> um so, you know, Grandma lived in her later years, lived with David and I. Uh, she moved here, and then we helped out my parents and took care of her for about nine months. Um, she, um, it was a really special treat to be able to take care of her. She was older. She got to know my kids. And um, we watched lots of novellas, the Spanish soap operas. Uh, my Spanish got a lot better then, and we watched Bonanza. Little House on the Prairie, and we ate lots of sherbet together. Um, you know, she was ready to go at Thanksgiving. She called to tell me the week before. And uh, I said, Grandma, I said, I can't make it down there this week. Can you wait till next week? Can you wait till Thanksgiving? She thought about it for a minute. She kind of got quiet. She said, well, I think Jesus is just going to tell me that I need to make up my mind. And um, she was really witty that way. And she did wait for me. Grandma always lived a simple, steady life. She was faithful, practical, loving, giving, and was quite witty. She loved God all her life. Most of it 
she lived as a devout Catholic and instilled in our family that would keep me moving forward even when things are tough. In the end, visiting her at Trinity brought such perspective to what life is all about. She didn't want a lot of things, just fellowship and to be comfortable. We had many long talks, and it was always hard to leave her until next time. I want to thank all of the workers that took care of my grandma. I know some of them are here, and all of you that went to visit her when she was here. um, That meant so much to our family uh, for all the care you gave her and the love. It was always hard to leave her until the next time, but I just thank God that there will be a next time. We're going to see her again. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know if there's any much left for me to say. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. No. <laughs> no. Uh, my name is Randy Camacho, and I was the first uh, boy, grandchild in the family. And um, uh, like Stephanie said, we grew up just three blocks away from my grandma B. And it really was just a blessing getting to see both uh, my Grandma B and my Grandma Melia uh, uh, practically every day and just have such a, just loved her so much and have had such wonderful memories. Um, I just uh, remember when we did move away to Texas, that was one of the hardest things we had to do uh, back in 1978. But I just remember, um, uh, I just, I'd go back every summer and I'd spend, um, you know, at least about two to three weeks with uh, my grandma B, and uh, just we'd sit down, we'd watch movies. Uh, she'd make me stuff to eat. She always made me my favorite uh, orange Jello with pineapples and carrots in it. That seemed to always be in the refrigerator, and uh, just just love that. Uh, such great memories with my cousins. Uh, Leslie, Tina, Joseph, and Robbie, and everyone coming over to Grandma's house, and uh, Jamie and I and Joe and Robbie, we'd uh, build tents in the den and uh, plant, pretended like we were camping out. Um, back then, that house seemed like it was so huge back then. And, you know, it's so funny, later in life, you go back and visit, and it's just not so big, you know, but back then, it just seemed so, so huge. But um, uh, so I have many, many great uh, fond memories of my grandma. One of the things I'd like to do is to talk a little bit about the character of my grandmother and let you know a little bit about her. Um, my grandmother was born in the Depression in 1921, and she had seven brothers and two sisters. There were ten of them. Uh, and... Um, my grandmother, uh, she was only able to make it to the eighth grade because she had to quit school in order to help uh, get a job to help support the family. And uh, my uh, her mom, my grandma Moss, would uh, just remember she would uh, uh, always making tamales, going around and selling tamales, anything to do to try to uh, help uh, make money for the family. And I know that my grandmother sacrificed a lot um, and uh, not getting to finish school. But I know that her sacrifices did help some of her younger brothers, um, like my Uncle Armando and my Uncle Javier, who did get to uh, go on into the Navy, and uh, Uncle Juan, and with their GI Bill, 
they got to go on and get their degrees from uh, UCLA University. And uh, so her sac- she not only sacrificed for our family, but for the extended family. I think of my uh, her sisters and, and all of her brothers, all of their children. They looked to my grandmother, you know, until she died as a matriarch, uh, the family. She was just the one, the rock that just was always there. Whether uh, everyone came back to Lordsburg to go deer hunting, we all stayed at Grandma B's house. Um, and, and, uh, was just, was always the stable, uh, the, the rock, uh, uh, um, and then, uh, one of the things that I've gotten to learn here, uh, recently and just talking with some friends, reconnecting with people was just how much respect everybody in the town of Lordsburg had for my grandma B. Everyone just says nothing, but she was just one classy lady. Um, she carried herself uh, walking in the fruit of the spirits, just like my cousin Leslie said, and uh, just was always there for the family. I, one thing I'll never forget is I was in electrical engineering school um, here at UT Arlington, and I remember going, uh, getting ready to take my uh, uh, um, my class and. Um, my electrical class, and uh, we had to do these ma- com- very complicated matrices. And everyone had these new Hewlett-Packard calculators that they could punch in to be able to do these complicated matrices. And I just remember coming home to mom and dad and telling them, Mom, and dad, I'm not going to pass this class unless I can get me at one of these calculators because everyone else has one and I'm not going to make it. And who came through? Grandma B. Remember, uh, she happened to be in town, and we went to, if anyone remembers service merchandise, <laughs> went to service merchandise and got my first Hewlett-Packard calculator. So I just wanted to uh, honor my grandmother, uh, the time that got to spend with her at Trinity, um, and uh, just the stories, uh, the laughter, the joy. Um, I think she said bye to us five times. <laughs> she was uh, ready to go. Um, my my grandma Melia, um, my dad's mom, had just passed away a year before, and they were best friends. And they say they were best friends for seventy years. They called each other comadres. And uh, she would just say, "Why is Amelia not here, and why am I still here?" So she was she was definitely ready to go, and uh, one of the things that um, I think uh, those of you that worked at Trinity, I just want to thank you so much for taking such good care of her. She spoke so highly of all of you, and um, I think my mom let me know on several occasions that several of you all let my mom know that my grandma was your favorite. <laughs> so she her. She was just a testimony to me of being incredibly positive despite the circumstances. She refused to get in a wheelchair. She used her walker until she couldn't walk anymore. She was always so positive, and she endured 
until the end, until it was her time to go. So I take that from my grandmother as a testimony that each of us um, endure with thanksgiving until the time that the Lord is ready to take us or rapture us. And that we continually live every day our lives looking forward to that time and anticipating the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. It's not fair that you did that without notes, because I know if I didn't come with something, Stephanie would be like, uh... You ain't winging this one. So what I did is I grabbed a piece of paper on my desk on the way out the door this morning that had writing on it just so that I could say, yeah, there's notes. Because it's, it's not a lie. So, um, But I'm actually going to wing it a little bit. Um, uh, I want to talk about my remembrances because they're not as clear and uh, as long as Stephanie and Randy and Leslie and Tina and um, all of them, Joseph and Robbie, uh, the grandkids, because I was the youngest. I was the baby, and that's why I'm going last. I've been going last my whole life. I just accepted it about a good 35 years ago, and I complain about it to my poor wife, and she has to put up with it, but yeah. The, it says that the last shall be first, though. <laughs> I remember uh, 701 Chester Street. Is that right? That's my grandmother's house. I, I didn't look it up. I didn't Google it. There was no Google back when we were growing up. Um, I remember the, the tents in the den. I won't elaborate on that since Randy already stole that from me. You go, brother. Um, I remember the, the scary storage room that was attached to the den. It was still part of the house, and there was so much stuff in there, and they used to tell me that there was the kukui in there, and so I would get scared to go in there. They abused me. I mean, they had my grandma's house. That's how that's how I'm tying this in. It was at, it was at grandma's house. Um, I remember the, her backyard. It, it was so manicured. Uh, the trees that were back there, um, the furniture that we all used to sit on, um, the time that I was sitting in her lap, and uh, she leaned down and whispered in my ear that I was her favorite grandchild. <laughs> Leslie. Leslie. <laughs> I remember the activity in the kitchen, uh, whether it was her by herself or it was, uh, uh, you know, Paul or, you know, Pablo, their son, the, the tortilla thief and the smell of the beans cooking and the tortillas and the meat. I remember the smells is how I remember it. Um, I remember the southern comfort that she kept underneath the kitchen sink <laughs> that we, we never tasted because it tasted horrible. Okay, I tasted it, Mom. I did. But that was like 40 years ago or something like that, so a long time ago. Um, I remember the the one thing that will bring back to y'all is the smell of her bathrooms. Her bathroom smelled like lavender all the time. And uh, it's kind of weird to say that you enjoyed going into the bathroom, but, yeah, it smelled really good. And that's one of the big memories I take is the pink house, the backyard, her first proclamation of favoritism. Um 
But I kind of want to share some of her memories that she start, shared with me um, over the years. Um, uh, she shared with me stories about her, her, her grandies, her, her grandchildren, and the times she had with all of us. Um, she shared with me about uh, Grandpa Paul. Um, I have one memory of him. Uh, he passed away in 72, was it? And uh, I was born in 69. I just remember him in front of Aunt Lenore's house, who lived next door to us in Lorsburg, and he was showing me a yo-yo trick. That's that's my only memory of Grandpa Paul. Um, uh, I also uh, was talking with her, uh, I think it was about four months ago, five months ago, when I came to see her, and I held up my hand. Now, understand, she was 95 at the time. And I said, Grandma, do you remember this scar right there? And she goes, oh, yeah, that was Randy's seventh birthday, and we were at the up-to-date grocery, and I told you to go get two 7-Ups. Well, they didn't have plastic bottles back then. And she said, yeah, so uh, you came running, and you fell, and you broke a bottle, and, and you cut your hand. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then she tripped me out because she remembers stuff I didn't. She goes, yeah, and then we had to go to Dr. Baxter, and you got a shot, and you cried, and I had to hug you. And, and I'm like... Okay, uh, her her remembrance is better than mine. So I mean, but that was grandma, and uh, uh, but I just want to say goodbye to my grandmother, and that I love her, my Grandma B. Um, she was very confident that she knew she was going to heaven, and I she exuded that to me, and uh, that made me happy that she was ready. It was her time. Um, I want to honor my mother by telling on her. When we we were discussing about um, her funeral, um, and they were her decision to be cremated, um, and she had passed, and I asked my mom. I said, "Well, when are we going to be able to see her? When's she going to be cremated?" And my mom said, it'll be about two weeks. And I looked at her and I said, two weeks? Why, why so long? And, and the comfort my mom and the peace that my mom had with everything, she just looked at me and she goes, well, I guess there's a long line. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for once I was speechless. <laughs> and that, that, that spoke to my heart about the comfort that my grandmother had with her time coming and the life that she lived that my mom could honor. Because she went out like a gentle breeze in the summer. And not a lot of people get to do that. And, and I, w- I want to thank the Lord for allowing that um, to happen with her. Um, uh, in the end, it's, it's fun and easy to say that I'm her favorite. It's, it's all in good, just, and fun. Because we all were her favorite grandchildren. All of us were, Leslie. Yes, because I never saw her play a favorite. Um, there might have been times she did that I just didn't know about it. Like I said, I was kept in the dark a lot. So I'm going to live in my bubble, if that's okay with you guys. Um, love is her testament, her life. Her, her love for all of us was her testament. And it's the legacy that she left. Um, and I want to say to my grandma that, that this life... You did it right. And I love you, Grandma B. And uh, I don't want you to rest in peace. 
since you're up there by the Lord, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> and I need you to pray for my family and intercede for us. And in closing, I just want to say goodbye, Grandma B. Love you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Wow. What a legacy. What a family. Don't rush off after this service. There'll be a meal and we have plenty of food. So stay behind and get to know this family. Scriptures I'd just like to speak on briefly is Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, and then 4, 14 through 16. It's talking about Jesus and us and the human experience. Uh, you know, death is our enemy. The Bible acknowledges death as our enemy. It's reality, and Christ has conquered death for us. Death is under his feet one day. It will be under our feet. So in speaking along those lines, verse 14 of Hebrews 2 says, Inasmuch then as the children, that's us, have partaken of flesh and that's the human experience, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. And then chapter 4, verse 14 of Hebrews, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus did what he did to set us free from the fear of death. Apparently, Beatrice's long lifetime was not because she didn't want to die. She was not afraid to die. Why? God takes that fear away. Most all phobias that humans uh, suffer with ultimately lead to death. If you follow those fears to their most extreme conclusion, it's death. And so he sets us free from the fear of death and is able to help us in our suffering because he has experienced the same. As God, he knows everything. That's the word we call omniscient, omniscience, all-knowing. But as the Son of God, he not only knows everything by his intelligence, but he knows by experience. He doesn't have to imagine what it's like to be one of us. He became 
one of us. It's a popular secular song that says, what if God was one of us? Just a fool like one of us getting lost on a city bus. I don't know how somebody stopped me here, but um, the truth is he was one of us. He is one of us and he conquered death for us. Been pastoring here for 26 years and it's my fun every year to preach on Resurrection Sunday. And I always try to look for reasons to believe in the resurrection and, and look for nuggets that I didn't discover before. And the latest discovery, I discovered this. I, I was researching martyrs and the Colosseum in Rome. You can go see the Colosseum. And I discovered a little bit to my chagrin that it's doubtful whether or not very many Christians were martyred there because of the time when the place was built. So the martyrs in a Colosseum type setting, Christians being thrown to lions, tortured, yada, 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 happened in a place called Nero's Circus. Peter was crucified in Nero's Circus. Nero's Circus is no more. But you know what stands at that same location? The Vatican. Every year, standing where Nero's Circus once was, the Pope proclaims he is risen is risen. And the Roman Empire that that persecuted Christians for centuries over the resurrection story wound up embracing it. And the resurrection is proclaimed right at the heart of persecution against Christianity. And so like Beatrice, we can live life without fearing death. Where do you stand with God? You can like Beatrice Walk in forgiveness because Christ took the punishment for the sins of everyone that's been committed against you is taken upon himself. So we no longer have to hold on to bitterness. No longer have to hold on to unforgiveness. That's why she lives so long. And you no longer have to live because you're afraid to die, but you can live life free and fearlessly. And when it's your day to pass on, you can be remembered like this. What what an example for us all. I tell you, I'm really encouraged today. So it's my heart today that you would learn from her answers that she found in Jesus and from the example that we heard expressed to us through her precious family. Let's listen to Carrie Underwood sing this song at the Grand Ole Opry, How Great Thou Art.
I couldn't let this end without um, just saying that um, I just want to thank my mom and dad for how well they took care of my grandmother. My mom was amazing. She was there every day. And I'm just really proud of you, Mom. You stood strong, and you finished the course with Grandma. And Dad, you were right there, and you loved her, and you made her laugh. And you went when it was hard, because it was hard to see her sometimes, not as strong. And I'm just so grateful for you, Mom and Dad, for all that you did for Grandma. Thank you so much. Would you all please stand and let us pray together? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May be seated. That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love That clings to me How the Father you does things to me Never before has someone been there unforgettable in every way and forevermore and forevermore that's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible that someone so unforgettable thinks that I am unforgettable too.
This concludes our service. The slides will just continue looping, scrolling, if you want to watch them again. Thank you so much for coming to honor Beatrice's life. I'm going to bless the food, and then you're dismissed. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to fellowship and eat together. We ask for your blessing upon the meal. And, Lord, we ask that you'd use us to be a comfort to this awesome family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming.
song. 